You're listening to the Manchester Vineyard Podcast. We'd love for you to join us. To discover more about who we are, where we meet, and how you can connect with us, head to manchestervineyard.org or follow the link in the podcast description. Well, good morning. We're, we're delighted you're here. Um, just during worship, everything within me at one point just wanted to stop and say, man, can you sense the presence of God in this room? And I always think there's a danger in doing that because we, we humanise what God is doing among us and we, we can put into words and that just distracts us from just soaking and, and living focused and absorbed in his presence. But I kind of felt I just couldn't go any further without saying there'll be some people in this room this morning where you've normalised to that or that is the first time you've encountered that. And I, I just didn't want to go another step without saying, firstly, don't normalise to it. Secondly, if you've never given your life to Jesus, don't leave this place today without saying, Jesus, I welcome you into my heart. What does that look like? I think you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he is your King and he is your Saviour. And the rest of your life changes forever as you turn from the way you're living and you say, I surrender to, to him. And I'd, I'd encourage you to do that now. If you've never done that, If you might just want to say a little prayer in your heart and say, Jesus, I want to live differently for the rest of my life. Every week since we've been part of this thing that God is doing here in this church, in this city, we've had people join us who are exploring faith or yet to give their lives. And I want to say you... This is a great opportunity. We're not forcing you to do it, but I believe you'll have encountered God this morning in his presence through worship. And um, if you've done that, I'm, I hope I'm not a scary person. I'd love to know. We'd love to encourage you. We'd love to get some people to give you some resources that would really help you. So if you've done that, even in this moment, come and just chat with one of us afterwards. We'd love to know. But um, we're delighted to hear. I've just been away this week at the Vineyard Church's church planting school. Part of my time and Steph's time we give to the movement and we've been away helping facilitate that. We're bivocational. And I kind of just wanted to start this morning by saying to you, this movement that we're part of is alive and well. We are planting some healthy churches across not just this country, but actually around the world. And uh, I love being part of a church planting movement. People that are willing to take risks for the sake of the kingdom, that God might create a home for somebody where there was no home, that people who otherwise wouldn't have been reached might be reached with the transformational power of the gospel. And... Um, that people might find themselves in an environment where they could be empowered and equipped to do the stuff that Jesus did. And whilst I was away um, on Monday, one of you texted me with a list of 12 things that you'd become aware of whilst chatting with others um, last Sunday. And uh, they just wanted to know that I was aware and encouraged me. Um, healings, people exploring Jesus, people wanting to do Alpha, people experiencing the life transformational power of encountering Jesus. I love that. Honestly, let's never tire of this. The Thank you, God, for what he's doing among us. One of the stories of um, healing that we heard last week, we were going to share this morning, but I'm actually going to save it for next week. Next week, we celebrate our second birthday as a, as a church, and um, it's too good to share, if that is even a thing. But I just want to share it next week. But if you're joining us for the first time, we've just started a series um, 
called Kingdom First. Matthew 6, verse 33 says this, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. If if you've missed some of this, I'd encourage you to catch up. Um, Hopefully this series links together. We're a people that are on a journey, on a journey of what God has for us. And um, I believe each step of that journey is important, so you can catch them online. But I'm excited for this series. I'm really excited for what I'm seeing God already do. We want to be people that seek first the kingdom of God and with urgency. There is an urgency for this. On Friday morning, um, I went to the dentist. And if a few of you have been around for a couple of weeks, you'll have heard me tell stories about the dentist. I don't enjoy it. But about three or four weeks ago, I just cracked a tiny little crack in one of my teeth at the back. And I'd, we were away and I'd left it and... Um, Anyway, the dentist says to me, as, as I sat in the chair, I'm just thinking, I'll just fill it in like he normally does. I need to take your wisdom tooth out right now. And, um, guys, it, it, honestly, it wasn't pretty. I'm not going to tell you all the details. I can see some of your faces panicking. I won't show you that, but just to say he dropped the chair right back to get the blood back in my head because I was starting to faint. And um, he could only get half of it out. Um, so I'm booked in for surgery to, to finish the job at some point. He said it might be three or four weeks. And um, I went straight to the supermarket to find some half-decent painkillers. But as I drove home, I was delighted that I just made it to the car, just the comfort of the car. And um, I got home, and, and Steph said to me, we just need to pray that that appointment for surgery comes quickly. And in a very weakened state, I said, I'm just praying that Jesus comes back soon. (laughs) Because I don't even want to go for surgery. And um, I'm kind of not joking. And, um, well, I kind of am. But also, do you know, in those moments, you just get a reality check. I, I want to seek first the kingdom of God. I want Jesus to come back. But until then... I want to live a kingdom life with everything within me. And I want to ask you this morning, what would increase your desire or your sense of urgency for the kingdom? What would stir that in your heart? I am so hungry for more of the reign and rule of God in my life, in your lives, in this church and in this city. And today I just want to briefly talk about growing and sowing. If it doesn't make a lot of sense, um, that's because I wrote it having had my dentist thing but hopefully the lord will do something but honestly this this whole church planting thing is 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 funny of of course we want to see the church grow to see it healthy to invest in it jesus is coming back for his church jesus loves his church there is no but coming that is that's just truth but what's interesting is the holy spirit is the one that causes things to grow and we're a people with a mandate to seek first the kingdom of God and he will sort everything else out so the kingdom of God means loving and serving and see serving and investing in, in the broken the lost and the hurting and the marginalized of this city it's it's not one or the other it's both and and today I just want to talk about growing and and um, sowing because it's both and it's not one or the other it's the church and the city we have a heart for both I believe a kingdom first mindset will cause us to do that I want to frame some of this around a passage in the in the book of Acts but before we do that can I can I just ask you a question how do, how do you respond to change 
what does change look like in your life? When I was younger, me and a few mates were at a friend's house, and um, they were out, actually, the, the guy that we knew who owned the house, and so were their parents. And I can't remember why, but me and a few mates were in the house waiting for them to get back. And this was like pre-mobile phone days, and um, they were taking a little bit longer than expected to come home, so we were a bit bored. Now, when you're me and you're a bit younger and you're bored, now that's the crucial bit. If you're thinking, why on earth would you do this? Well, you weren't me, so don't panic, that's okay. But um, I was me, and at that age, obviously, I was, I was bored and I thought, what should we do? Now, they had a massive living room. Um, it was one of those houses, you've got to imagine it, where they'd kind of knocked two rooms together. And um, you know the ones where it's got like the beam across the top and the, the two sides of the walls where they've knocked through just come in a little bit, and you can see that that's what they've, they've done. And um, we, we knew that's what they'd done because it got the natural distinction of the wall just jutting in at the side. So there's almost two separate rooms but it's one room, but they'd laid it out like it was two separate rooms, even though there's no wall in the middle. So there's like all the furnishings one side, like one room and all the other, but there's no, there's no like dividing room. And so when you're a bit bored to pass the time, what, what do you do? Well, we swapped the two rooms round. And uh, of course we did. So everything in one room we moved into the other, and everything in the other room we moved into the other. Now, when I say everything, we literally moved like everything. So cabinets, rugs, table lights, ceiling lights, pictures on the wall, it was like everything. And um, for those of you that are shocked, that was kind of nothing for what my brother did. And I'd say my brother did it, I didn't do it, so it's okay. And I felt this was a little too far, but even like change the answer phone message on their, on their phone. It was the days before mobile, I was like, there was actually phones, landlines with wires, it was like, who knew? But anyway, we finished moving it, and as we finished the final bit, they arrived home, which was just perfect timing. And um, if any of you want any life advice um, on whether or not doing that kind of thing is a good idea, I've, I've just got to tell you, it's not the best thing we'd ever done. And um, I, I honestly believe my mate would have seen the funny side of it, but he was with his parents, and they clearly didn't, so he didn't. Um, for those of you that are panicking, oh, this guy leads the church, like, what are we doing here? Don't, don't panic, I was young. Since then, I've met Jesus, I've changed a lot. Um, I don't think I would do that any time again soon. I'm not sure. Um, but change is funny, isn't it? Change can be hard to adjust to. Change can cause all kinds of reactions and emotions in us that we just don't see coming. And today, as I talk about living a kingdom-first life, as we look at growing and sowing, I want us to think about that in the context of change, to be people that adapt to change. If, if we're going to faithfully follow God and all that he has for us, we need to be people that adapt, that innovate, that change, that, that keep moving, that readjust, that all of that. We can't settle for where we are. And equally, we can't become impatient for where we're not. So let's, let's just have a look at um, Acts chapter 6, verse 1 to 7. If you've got your Bible, you can, you can read along with me. But if not, I'll, I'll read it to you. It says this, starting in verse 1. But as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. 
the Greek-speaking believers complained about, complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers, saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve called a meeting of all the believers. They said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. And so brothers select seven men who are well-respected and full of spirit and wisdom. We will give them this responsibility. Then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. Everyone liked this idea and they chose the following. Stephen, Philip and a whole list of names follows. These seven were Nicholas of Antioch, an earlier convert to the Jewish faith. These seven were presented to the apostles who prayed for them and laid their hands on them. So the message of God continued to spread. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem, and many of the Jewish priests were converted, converted too. You know, as we are people that want to seek first the kingdom of God and live kingdom first lives the first thing I wanted to say this morning is we've, we just need to call ourselves out individually we've got to call ourselves out as we sow seeds in the kingdom as we see things grow and growth isn't always numerical we've got to understand that growth we, we want depth in discipleship we want depth in our generosity we want depth as we live lives of worship depth in our relationships but as, as we sow seeds in the kingdom and we see things grow we've got to call ourselves out because sometimes we just get a bit daft let me give you an example the passage we've just read as the believers rapidly multiplied there were rumblings of discontent rumblings of discontent it's like surely not this is the book of acts this is this is the season where they're seeing the spirit of god move powerfully among them where the early church is growing and forcefully advancing and they've got rumblings of discontent they've got grumpy people who are seeing each other's personalities, passions and gifting bumping into each other and falling over each other. It's like we're surely not in the book of Acts. You know, in a, in a, in a church context, have you ever found yourself feeling a bit frustrated, a bit disappointed, a bit upset or offended or grumpy or discontent? Have, have you ever let that spill out onto other people you know what honestly i get frustrated with myself let alone anyone else it's like oh what, me again really the book of acts is real people who are seeing god do some stuff and things are growing and changing and they're getting grumpy with each other we've honestly got to call ourselves out we've got to identify where we're like that and where we're doing that and we've got to call time on it there's always going to be things that fall short of what we want and what we expect I'm, I'm not sure if there is such a thing as a, as a perfect church and do you know if there was I'm not sure actually they'd let me be part of it in fact I know they wouldn't because I know me you know do you, do you see what I mean so what what's it look like growing and getting grumpy you know, gr growing really means having grace for other people. Because we're on a journey of transformation. And that's not complete. I'm not complete. We are people that are a work in progress. And people 
are going to need to show grace for me and I'm going to need to show grace for other people. Growing means committing, I believe, regardless of the challenges that we face to live in community. We, we currently live in a season where culture around us just moves so fast. If, if we don't like it, we just move on. You know, we, we do it in virtually every area of our lives, in our, where we shop, in our relationships, in our social habits, in so many ways. I think we also do that in our relationship with the church community. The, the danger is, the temptation is that we just jump around because it's easier rather than actually committing. We are faced currently with a, such a church-hopping culture and mindset. I don't like the coffee. I'm off. You know? Well, honestly, we've got to call ourselves out. That is a daft example, but you know, you know what I mean. Actually, I, I really don't want to invite anybody to small group because I just like it how it is. You know, I don't, I don't, want, to, I don't want to see our small group plant because I like it how it is, I don't, I don't know, honestly, I don't really want that person to get any more involved because that's, it's not easy. You know, I know the people I'm already relating to and the people I know. Honestly, we've got to call that out. There is a, there's a bit of a ding-dong going on in this passage. The Greek-speaking Christians are complaining that their widows have been unfairly treated by the Hebrew-speaking Christians. You kind of read it and it sounds a bit daft really like really you're going to fall out over that you know the reality is yeah they are because they feel like they've been unfairly treated it's it's just not fair it's not what I expected it's not how I need it to be it's not what I was looking for it's not all that I need it to be for me I, I don't know if you've ever done that have you ever thought like that in, in, in what ways and in what areas because if we're going to put the kingdom first I think we've got to call that out call it out in ourselves the second thing I want to look at is kind of a similar thing really but when, when things grow things change I know that sounds incredibly obvious it is obvious but what's, what's the impact I want us to be people that consider not putting the anchor down too hard you know, yeah, we want security, and yes, that is important. But equally, we need to be people that adapt, that can blow where the Spirit leads us. All, all too often, I know for me that that can mean wanting to find comfort in something that is familiar. You know, and that, that has restricted me so often from fully growing and absorbing what God might want to do. Verse 2 says this, So the twelve called a meeting of all the believers. They said, We apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. And so brothers, they selected seven men who were well respected and full of the spirit and wisdom. We will give them responsibility. Then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. Things had to change. They couldn't keep going the way they were going. They needed to involve more people. They needed to spread the workload, to ask other people to play their part and to get involved in what God was doing. We are a church that seeks to involve you. I don't know if you've ever realised that. If you've come this morning, that might be the first time you've heard it. But we want to seek to see you move from just attending something and actually actively engaging. We're a church that seeks to equip you to fully live out and express 
your faith. As I was preparing this, I stumbled across a really funny video, and um, when I I say funny, it was funny to me. Just because I found it funny doesn't mean you guys are going to find it funny. But I want to show you it because it builds a bit of a picture with regard to what I'm trying to say. But just before I do, can I just say I'm I'm not trying to be irreverent or deliberately controversial. I'm not trying to cause you to flog yourselves or have unhealthy boundaries. What I'm trying to do is stir you this morning to consider what is your part in this. You know, what what causes you to say no? What would cause you to say no to being on a team? What would cause you to say no to being part of a small group? What would cause you to say no consciously or subconsciously, to wanting to prioritise the kingdom of God and putting it first in your life. Really, my question is, what would cause you to say no? And sometimes, without a reality check, I think we can dress that up a little bit and hide behind certain things. Now, honestly, I found this funny, but you may not, but let's see if we can, we can play it. Okay, ways to say no. There are a bunch of them. No thanks. I'm good. I'll pass. One of my personal favorites. For sure, no. I don't know if you knew this or not, but when you got saved, you got eternal life, forgiveness of sins, and access to a whole long list of ways to say no that'll make you sound like way more spiritual of a person than you actually are. I don't think it's God's will. It's just not his timing. I'm feeling led in a different direction. Let me talk to my pastor about that. It's a closed door. I'm waiting on the Lord right now. I just don't feel peace about it right now. God has a different assignment for me. I just didn't feel prompted. I just don't feel like that's something that Jesus would do. But I just feel like I'm not in that season anymore. Can you help me move this weekend? But normally I would, but I just feel like God is just telling me to rest right now. I just got a sense that it didn't line up. Right now I'm in a season of new wineskins. What does that even mean? I just feel like right now I'm in a season of creating margin and I just don't have the bandwidth. Are you even speaking English right now? I was just asking if you wanted to get a pizza. Prompting. How many times have I told you about the prompting? I'm not feeling the prompting. I don't know. I'm just not really feeling the spirits leading on this one. Mm, you know what? I'm not sure. Let me lay out a fleece on that one. Okay, I don't think anyone says that. And, of course, everybody's all-time favorite, let me pray about it. All I'm saying is when it comes to Christian ways of saying no, just say no. (laughs) Honestly. Um, Yeah. What, what, What would cause you to say yes? You know, next, next week we're going to celebrate our second birthday as a church. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. But can I, can I say to you today, bed in. Come and be part of this next chapter. Come and take ownership of your part in seeking first the kingdom of God. We've got a fight culture on this. We are a culture that hops around, that floats around and doesn't commit. The last thing I would ever want you to do is to feel on the edge or feel that you need to be on the edge. Jump in. We've always used a phrase in in the vineyard, everybody gets to play. That doesn't mean everybody gets to do everything, but it does mean everybody can actively engage and be their part in a family and the the body of the church. Over over the years, you know, I've, I've had to choose to not let my hurts, my pains, my insecurities restrict me from having a kingdom mindset. That video partly makes me laugh because I identify with it. I've had people say to me, Paul, could you help me with this? Oh, actually, and I come out with this quite long spiel. You know, as a church, as we've increased in size and complexity, some of our needs, we constantly have to restructure and reorganize. I'd love you to see you play your active part in all that God 
has for you. Now, there is a danger in me saying what I've just said. It could sound like I'm criticising. It could sound like we're desperate. Actually, neither of those. Completely the opposite. But what I want to do is stir your affections for Jesus and the mandate that I believe he's given to you, whether you fully accept it or not, and that's to contribute and to allow him to allow you to express all that he's put within you. This isn't a stand back and watch thing. This is a roll your sleeves up and be equipped. And I believe that you find discipleship in the relational interaction of the journey as you go. To seek first the kingdom of God above all else means to put God first in your life. It means to fill your thoughts with his desires. It means to take his character as your pattern for living, to serve and obey him with everything within you. What is it currently that you would say is important to you? Is it people? Is it objects? Is it career path? Is it goals? Other desires? What is it that becomes the priority in your life? Any of those, I think, can so quickly become more important if you don't actively choose to put God first in your life. A high priority for us as a church is tending to the needs of this city. And I want to encourage you to reflect on what that what does that mean to you personally what could that mean as we seek to put first the kingdom of god how would you realign how you're currently living the final thing i want to touch on is as as we as we sow right we're going to grow right you know change so often brings pain not always a bad thing but it's in the mix as you see growth you see change and that that can mean pain how, how do i mean well many of you are here today this morning because somebody else took a risk to put others first they said i'm going to join a new fledgling small group to enable there to be space for other people they said i'm going to join a team to facilitate an environment that's welcoming for others to be part of They said, I'm going to step out boldly and go into this city and try and share the love of God. Verse 6 says this, These seven men were presented to the apostles who prayed for them as they laid their hands on them. So God's message continued to spread. The number of believers increased, greatly increased in Jerusalem, and many of the Jewish priests were converted too. The apostles, I don't think, took their responsibility lightly, and, and nor do I. They appointed people to the role of leadership carefully and prayerfully and they reflected on those that would be right for the role and those that were living well. They weren't hasty about it in any way. I think even them doing that would have caused rumblings of further discontent. Oh really? They picked them? They didn't pick me? They didn't think I was the one? You know, we need to so right to grow right the ability to do what jesus did was never something that happened to people in this just instant download almost like microwave here it is moment jesus taught a way of life and an intimacy with the father and an empowerment of the spirit 
that reflected out kingdom living that could be passed on to other people. Jesus' commissioning and the way he did it wasn't just limited to those that were closest to him. The New Testament, I think, makes that very clear when we see very quickly thousands commissioned and empowered by the Holy Spirit. There's Jews and Gentiles, men and women and children, and rich, poor, educated and uneducated. People came to faith and discovered the power of the Holy Spirit and the empowerment to do the same kingdom works that Jesus did. Jesus really commissioned anybody that was willing to be commissioned. His kingdom ministry is for all of us. Now, I think often we fight that with everything within us. We make it that it's for somebody else. But actually this is for us, regardless of, well, there are no disqualifications. There is not a personality thing. Your history shouldn't limit you. What you perceive as or not your gift in shouldn't limit you. Jesus wants you to be involved. He wants to sow into you this stuff and then grow you in the thing that he's putting in you. Now, some of those things that I've just mentioned around personality and history and gifting, some of you would immediately come up with a list of reasons why it shouldn't be you. Honestly, I want to say don't feel like that. That is not the case. Can I just give you a few practical steps that I believe might be helpful to live kingdom first lives? Just because everybody gets to play doesn't mean everybody gets to do everything. But at the heart of who we are, we are values-based. We're always looking for people whose direction of travel is towards Jesus. And they would reflect that in their lives as a kingdom mindset. The, the first question I, I want to ask you is, is Jesus compelling you? You know where he's, he's growing and sowing something in your life that is honestly unstoppable. You cannot not give it away. You can't not give away what he's giving to you because he's just flowing out of you. It's just a natural overflow. I'm delighted if that is the place in your life. If it's not, can I say, seek that. Seek Jesus. Seek the face of God. It's a kingdom mindset. Secondly, I, w I want to encourage you to find people who are doing that. People who are doing the stuff of the kingdom and who are living like that. If you see somebody praying for the sick, ask to join them in doing it. Ask to serve alongside somebody in the life of this church or how they're serving out in the community. Ask to join them on the week that they're on. You'll find most people typically, I hope, enthusiastic to allow you and to show you how you can be part of that, how you might get involved. The, the third one, I believe, is a challenge really f for all of us. Just be ready to give it away. We don't hold this tightly. It, I find it often so surprising how quickly Jesus turns people from those that are being trained to those that are doing the training. I'd, I'd encourage you, sow what God is giving you. Give it away. Sow it into the life of somebody else. Be constantly on the lookout for how you can help people grow into all that God has for them. God is constantly looking to empower people to do the ministry work of the kingdom. We can't expect that to look identically in our lives as it does in others' lives. Honestly, I think comparison is so often the trap of the enemy. We see something in somebody else and think, I can't, I'm not, I shouldn't, I won't. It isn't how it should work. 
There's all sorts of grumblings and discontent that we see in this passage wrapped up in a comparison mindset. We all uniquely should and can reveal God's heart to those around us in the way that we live and we work and we're wired to be. I don't know if you've ever watched, you know, somebody on TV where, I don't know, like an athlete or something, and you're like, goodness me, I just, I can't do that. I'm, I'm never going to be able to do that. What they do and how they do it isn't something that you could replicate, and therefore you think, well, I'm never even going to bother. I'm never even going to try. Honestly, I love being part of a vineyard church. You would kind of hope that's the reality, but we don't. We just don't work like that. That isn't how it is. Our goal is to create opportunities for ordinary people, normal people, to do extraordinary things. If you weren't here last week, I think we saw just a glimmer of that happening. We want to give opportunities for people to learn to pray for others, to learn to hear and to discern the voice of God. Now, I might be wrong, but last week I think a number of you gave words of knowledge and we saw a number of people respond to them. Every word that you guys gave, I think, was responded to, other than the one that I gave. Does that tell you something? about your ability to do what God is calling you to do. Now, I need to follow it up a little bit more, but my understanding is a number of people were healed, a number of people saw partial healing. Not that it's ever been about me, but I didn't even pray for any of those people or even have a word of knowledge for any of them. But you all did. Now, the more we do it, the more we have confidence to do it, and that then starts to spill out everywhere that we go. The aim of what we're trying to do, and has always been, is, as Ephesians 4 says, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, to train ordinary people to do extraordinary things, because it's not us, we're just relying on Jesus to do it through us. Now, I hope, if nothing else, you see today as an invitation an invitation to join in and an invitation to consider how it might be that you would prioritise and seek first the kingdom. An invitation to live out all that God has for you, whether this is your first week or whether you've been with us since we started a couple of years ago. Thanks for listening. To find out more, head to manchestervineyard.org or follow the link in the podcast description.